Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Back with the baller again this week. It's $250,000 with a $10 buy-in. And remember to check them out if you're playing some Daily Fantasy NBA, some incredible contests. Always a fair rake. It's only at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gilcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. If you uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about uh, why I sound happy right now, it's because finally, finally, we had we had a good week. We vanquished the fish. The people who uh, decided not to play Christian McCaffrey took my games. Christian McCaffrey did what he uh, would, you know, what he does. He just gets forty every week. That's uh, that's who he is. I'm of course joined by my friends, Nate Noling and Sammy Reed. Guys, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? Uh, we didn't, I'm, we didn't win a, we didn't win a one k heads up against a fish who's been trolling us. So not as good as you, obviously. This is a big yeah. day for you, Davis. I'm, I'm very happy for you. I am too. It's good to see the old Davis back. Even feels, if it's only for a week, it's worth it. It's a, I mean, it's only for a week, but who cares? If we go back to losing, we'll have good shows again. It's just like the, the losing needs to intermittently be broken up by some winning. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, we can't have 16 weeks of losing. That's actually not an enjoyable show, I think. I think there were, we were getting close to a threshold where people were just going to be like, I actually don't want to listen to this anymore because I yeah, think it's making me actively worse at DFS. Yeah, last week was easily the worst podcast of the season because you were just defeated. And, and Nate know, was asleep. <laughs> 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 Nate just like woke up from a nap and was like, yeah, I played Matt Chubb. It was fine. Got away with it. I like how Nate came in. He didn't even say hi or anything. He just like started spouting off some target share numbers in the middle of the conversation. Well, I, I like woke up. So I, I took a nap and I woke up and I'm like, oh, wait, they're going. And I was like, I was still tilting about Fournette. And I think I just – I don't even remember what happened last week. Uh, thank God Fournette was not on the main slate Dude. this week. I think that was a key to success. It was. Hey, I was hey, you, you joke, you joke, but, like, actually, though, not having to pay 8.1K for Leonard Fournette against Houston is actually – was huge because pretty sure – like, what would he would have had to have been priced for us to not play Chubb over him, Sammy? Like, probably, like, 9K. I, I don't want to talk about Nick Chubb. I know we're going to have to, but – We got to do it, but – Jesus. The yeah, Fournette, Fournette when he's not on the slate, it's better for my emotional health because it's tilting. Okay, here's a good question about Leonard Fournette that I asked the Daily Roto 
subscribers today. With his pads on, does he weigh more than 300 pounds? I think he does. I think with his pads on, he's got to be over 300. You know he's not legit, right? You can say that Leonard Fournette is not fat, but in the peak condition of his life, when he was going to the combine, knowing that he was going to get weighed and be athletically tested, he weighed 245 pounds. That he is a big man. Like there are there are starting offensive linemen at D one programs that weigh less than Leonard Fournette. Are we just calling him Fat Net from here on out? He's he's Fat CMC. No. But I it was weird. I mean, this is neither here nor there. It was very odd. Reichwell Armstead actually had more receptions than him today. Yeah, Reichwell got a ton of work. I mean, they probably just knew that they were losing. Like it just you know it doesn't matter or whatever. Oh, but Reichwell get the touchdown. And Fournette not getting a touchdown, but Fournette handled that that side as usual. He handled his not not going to score business. Uh, Davis, let's talk. Let's talk about your lineup, man. Let's let's let you. Well, take- no, no, we got to we got to talk about we got to talk about everyone's lineup because I actually think this was a super interesting slate to construct because there was only two locks. I think, right? Uh, like I think I think. McCaffrey and uh, and and Samuel. Samuels. And Samuels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say those were. And and there was only what two? There were two games with totals over fifty. Green Bay and um, uh, Los Angeles got there. Thankfully, I didn't overreact to that too much by trying to like play Rivers or something, which was a, a team that I definitely saw out there. But like this was this was. I think a gross slate, like outside of that, outside of that Seattle Tampa Bay game, this was like a gross projected slate, which like, you know, it just, it was not, there were not a lot of appealing plays. There just were not a lot of slam dunk plays out there. So like, okay, starting, starting. There was no great value that I felt awesome about. And then the value didn't get me anybody high price that I was like excited about. Like what, what I noticed was really weird was that, you either like at defense, there was like a thing where like if you were sitting at five k at wide receiver, there was literally no one you wanted for a thousand dollars. There was no five to six k wide receiver that was playable at all. I think. And usually this is a bad situation for you, Davis, because you're like, man, I don't need the thousand bucks. Yeah, <laughs> or 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 I just play Robert Woods. Uh, the, the the guy that I was kind of looking at for a little bit was. Uh, John Brown at 6,100 and Juju Smith-Schuster at 6,300, both of which would have been abject disasters. So I'm really glad that I did not go that direction. Uh, okay, so let's start here. We all we all agreed CMC was like 10 points better than Cook, right? Like yeah. it was not close? Yes. Yes, and I'm looking at CMC's percentage. I'm sure it varies, but right here in like the massive $25 double up, 49% owned. That means half of the people thought that 10K was too much for Christian McCaffrey, and he only 4X'd it. Like, no big so, deal. So you, so you know what's crazy is that he was more owned in the $5 single entry double up. He was 60% in, in like, the 22,000 person. Is it that people just got too sharp? Like, they thought they were trying to fade that 10K to save, like, $500 and get cooked? They, what was it? I don't understand. Someone, some website... I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to talk bad about anyone, but what I'm sure what happened is some website or some projection system had cook and McCaffrey close. That just has to have been what it was. 
there's no like it like it, people would not have arrived at that thought of themselves like general like dfs playing people would have been like oh it's cmc you just play that guy so yeah. the other thing is half of people are stupid and half are somewhat smart i mean we just drew a line down the middle of yeah like, i mean the it's IQ, true it's like <laughs> the, the, the consensus iq of the population and that was christian mccaffrey's ownership yeah i mean i i guess I, if you if you really want to separate people into smart and stupid, it's really it's not much more difficult than uh, saying, is, "Would you rather play Christian McCaffrey than Dalvin Cook for five hundred dollars on DraftKings more?" And if yeah. they said, if they if like just if at any point your thought was, "Oh, like Cook is close," you're a you're a sick fish. That's so bad. That's so well, bad. Well, you know, good good matchup. Uh, tough, tough run defense. Oh, was it a good matchup? Yeah, yeah, tough run defense. <laughs> oh, no way. You can't tell me. People – oh, my God, Kansas City's run defense is bad. That's I just him. remembered this. Because of the matchup. That's yeah, it. because Carlos Hyde, like, crushed them, right? And Marlon Mack? Yeah. So that's what – oh, my God. Matchup, bro. I, dude, I love when I find this stuff out after people have made bad decisions because of it because it's just so good. <laughs> okay, what do you think? What do you think Kansas City's rush defense is DVOA? Uh, like 20, 26, 27th. 30th. 30th. Oh my gosh, that's dude. This them. explains everything. Hey, I love dude, it. Sometimes you just got to check the DVOA. <laughs> <laughs> just like throw oh. it on back to 2016 and be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find some good DVOA matchups and I'm going to Dude, I, I actually I actually for sports betting stuff like i don't i don't use the football outsiders picks or anything but when i go to go write my stuff up i do use the dvoa just because it's very good shorthand for being like this team's good at this this team's bad at this and i think it's better than expected points yeah i mean the thing about dvoa is that it is a fantastic metric like i'm not hating on anything that football outsiders does i use football you just outsiders. can't it's just not predictive that that's all yeah. it is yeah yeah so that's not um, good. BMC yeah, that's not had like a season low in targets too. I mean, he literally only had three targets here. He could have had, he could he have, could have, he could have had 50 pretty easily. I know. It was not even like a, yeah, he ran, he ran pretty so bad. Yeah. Ran pretty bad to just get 40. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll say, I'll say spoiler alert. The, uh, the, the sick fish that played me for one K was one of these people who played Dalvin cook instead of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I will say this though: if Christian McCaffrey had gotten injured and stubbed his toe on the first play of the game and had left, I would have won by ten. So, it's just if if any of you out there are listening in her and we're just wondering how that contest went, yeah, but, that's but how it, it went. Wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have mattered because you would have committed Harakari at like eleven a.m. I would have. Ne- I you're right. I would not have lived to have seen the result of the right. game. That yeah. is. That <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably would have actually made idiotic swaps i probably would have swapped uh i probably would have done a lot of swaps you would have swapped godwins for evans and would have made oh and then i would have been been rich yeah Yeah. oh my god Uh, oh my god i can't even talk about oh we when we get there all of us are gonna have to like we're we're gonna have to make like some like retributions to to like the public because we are so stupid okay so quarterback i played russell wilson I, i i did not think he was a lock as we discussed last week but Obviously, I'm coming at it from a different situation. Last week with Deshaun Watson, I got the 25-point game when Matt Stafford outscored him. So I'm like, well, it's really stupid. Obviously, don't play quarterbacks because they all get 25. Russell Wilson got 45 today. Uh, so that's why people like to pay up for quarterbacks. Uh, I, I will say just running good does not change my overall thought. 
had Russell Wilson really crippled my lineup and kept me from getting someone that I wanted, I would have played uh, Matt Moore. That was the yeah. that was the other quarterback that I was considering. Um, what did you guys do at quarterback? I played Matt Moore. S- and uh, Nate Sammy, played like uh, Brian Moyer. No, I went James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went Jameis. I went Jameis. I, had, I, sh- I should have played. How Brian did you Moyer end up on Jameis? What do you mean? How did I end up on Jameis? I don't even. Boy. I don't even think Jameis is bad. I'm not even calling you a fish. I literally am just asking you. He had to have been one percent owned in your games. You had to have been the only one with him. Uh, I, I honestly don't look at quarterback ownership percentages at all. I couldn't even tell you. I'd have to pull it up. I'm not. I'm not even. This is not me. This is not me hating on you. I'm just he actually was 8% asking. Eight percent owned in the twenty five dollar double up. I mean, he probably oh, was the third. Okay. Owned. I would say he was probably the third most owned quarterback. I guess. Yeah, people do. I mean, Jameis was a great play. I'm not even saying it was bad. There was three guys I was looking at, and it was more Rivers or Winston. I wasn't going to be able to get up to. Russ. Well, you weren't going to be able to get up to Russ because you did exactly what you said you weren't going to do last week, which was yes. change your whole lineup to get Darren Waller in. Yes, I jammed it in again. Can, can, I wish, so if we had an editor for this podcast and it wasn't just me at my desk at midnight, um, I would like insert the clip of you talking about your lineup construction last oh week and being God. like, yeah, I just messed everything up to get Darren Waller in. It's like his whopper wasn't high enough and he only got seven targets and Foster Moreau is in there. And like could, you could, open could up the slate also, this week. Could we also cut in you talking about how you're so stupid for paying up at quarterback? And uh, it's a fluid, back. it's a fluid situation. Quarterback is a fluid situation. For sure. Uh, so I, I I played Matt Moore, but can I just talk about how I ended up with Matt Moore? Because I tinkered with my lineup all week, and it no yeah, point, you were having a tough time. Oh, bro, my my yeah, entire I mean, no, it, it wasn't fine, bro. So what I what I had at I mean I'm on the West Coast at nine fifty uh, was Derek Carr, and then I also had uh, DK Metcalf, and. Which yes, I, which I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna pound our own chest, I was like, Sammy, absolutely do not play DK Metcalf in cash, and he got like thirty. Which should have been my first clue that he was just a stone lock. When yeah, David- I I actually here if I'll, if we'll peel the curtain back even more, so obviously Drew Dinkmeyer and Michael Leone do all the projections and stuff at DailyRoto.com, and I went through and did all my um, runs and everything just on Saturday just to see like what the percentages were like. And I, I run 150 lineups with no modifications just to see what the percentages are. And he was in 93% of the top 150 optimal lineups. And I was like, guys, I, I mean, he's a pretty good play, but maybe like 93% is like a little aggressive. And like we had his target share like 1% too high or something. But basically, uh, I'm just an idiot is, is the main point there. I mean, the only idiot here is me. So kind of to paint the picture, I'm in LA this morning. And I've been at a wedding where I was like the best man. And so we were just like, just drinking straight tequila. Like there was this bar and they wouldn't serve you shots. And so instead we did the only reasonable thing there was to do. And we just ordered like uh, tequila on ice, like double tequilas. And we we're just drinking straight tequila and went to bed at like 3 a.m. And I wake up just like hung over, just like feeling like dirt in this dark hotel room and I just like lean over and break out my computer and I'm like not thinking clearly and I like have to yak and I'm just like, oh, oh man, I can't play Metcalf. I have to, I have to play Allen Robinson. 
and so I that got, was that was like oh some space and playing like <laughs> you're you were like you drop on the show last week you're like I only play alphas I only play alphas that was <laughs> <laughs> so like you this just you gotta get time beta fish move like <laughs> such beta fish move and I can and I, I can I give you a the- Chicago Bears statistic please davis please in, don't i'm in the, in the first half of this game they averaged 2.3 inches per pass attempt so it's pretty good i want to yeah. die i need more tequila right now how many out like, how i mean did he even get like five points i don't even know he got 1.6 he had one re- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i can't believe i have to talk about did he this at least get targeted like 10 times and like no, you have sklansky bucks no i had five targets I mean, I'm just. I'm just I just. A, I am bewildered. I am galactically stupid. Like <laughs> I, you're, you're not. But it's just like this is the thing, Sammy. You just, why, like, why play Allen Robinson, bro? Like, why? Big Davis Whopper, only bro. Plays alphas. Big Whopper. <laughs> Does he Gotta even have up. a good Whopper? Yeah, great. I, back me up here, Nate. Big. He whopper. can't have a good Whopper because he plays on a bad team. That but, is incorrect, Davis. You don't know, understand what Whopper is if you think the quality of his team matters. Whopper yeah. is just a target share and then an air yard share uh, equation. It has nothing to do with the quality. Yeah, of the so, team. like, guys on bad teams like Robbie Anderson and McLaurin uh, tend, to, tend to have, like, really big Whoppers. Yeah. He has a, dec- he has a good Whopper. I mean, it was, it was just that there was guys like Curtis Samuel that were so much cheaper that had better Whoppers, too. I played Curtis Samuel. Oh, okay. Then you aren't a fish. Davis was a fish for talking bad about Samuel all week, which I didn't understand. I, and I just – I feel so vindicated by the fact that I won, but I would have I would have been at like – I would have – I mean, obviously, I would have scored more points had I just played the uh, the Curtis Samuel lineup. Um, Matt Moore, though, was clearly the cheap quarterback, though, right? Yeah. But I, at the end of the week, I started thinking about Rivers, too. River, I thought River five one. I mean, the the total for them, like like for real, bounced up. So like, I get it. Like, I don't think that's bad. I literally had it was pretty much all Matt Moore for me, and then all of a sudden this morning I was like, oh crap, Rivers at five one has to be in play at three hundred dollars more than. But I didn't. I went. I was able to get Jameis, and I always anytime you can get Jameis going up against Seattle like this, I'm fine with Jameis at six one. Yeah, Seattle's defense is not good. No. Nope. Yeah, so Matt Moore, he was uh, he was a really good play, and yeah. I I there was like a the I'm the reason I'm really glad that I did not play that lineup was uh, was because it was with I got Keenan Allen in there, so Keenan is like uh, he's he's dust, dude. He has been cucked by by Mike Williams and by Hunter Henry. <laughs> Hunter Henry, <laughs> is, <laughs> Sammy Hunter Henry is an alpha, bro. Yeah, he is an alpha. He's a big time alpha. Okay, so running backs. Um, I just I cannot wait for for the soliloquy on Mark Walton here from from Nate Nolling. Uh, Nate, just give it to oh, us this, so raw, buddy. This is crazy. This is yeah, absolute this is, insanity. This was like you knew it was bad when you did it, and we told you it was bad, and you just were like, "Nope, don't care." I I almost didn't. I I didn't want to like talk Nate out of it just because I knew that if he played Mark Walton in cash, this moment would come where we'd be on this podcast and we'd get to hear it. And and now the the chickens have come to roost. Let's go. You know Nate. you know what's you know what's sick though, Sammy. You and I would have played him too had had James Conner played been active in this game. There there wasn't a way around it. Well, yeah, but, I played him. No, I know, I know. But he but but James Conner didn't okay. play. 
And so there was no need to play Mark Walton. Who is Mark Walton? You didn't even know who this guy was two weeks ago. I didn't. Uh, I mean, he was on the Bengals last year. Uh, according, to, according to Brian Hill on the Tate cast, he said Mark Walton was going to be hungry and he was going to try and get 100 rushing yards in this game. Yeah, well, if he was hungry, he starved to death, bro. Like, you yo, know what's ahead, crazy Nate. is it was like the stone game scripts too. Yeah, ideal game okay, scripts. Okay, all right. Sh- Nate, please. <laughs> I mean, I just had him projected for workload. Like, I just. Nate, can you do it? Can you do this in your so Davis Maddock making fun of Nate Noling voice? Can you explain? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I just thought, like, he had, like, an 87% snap share last week, and I had it projected for a .23 whopper, and, like, you're just never going to get those sort of projections from a $4,500 running back. It was a tight projected spread. And I think he just ran bad to not get double digits, and that's just how it goes. <laughs> how did you play Mark Walton? This is an all-time Nemo Nolan move. I just <laughs> Nemo Nolan. <laughs> he had I had him projected for like fifteen percent target share at and like sixty percent of the rush. Well, that okay, fifteen percent target share. That's just like there's no way you can. What do you no mean? way you could project him for that. Actually, I could. I mean, in week eight, he had seven. He had a seventeen percent target share. He had four targets this week. He had all right. Well, hold on. I have to. Uh, I have to uncheck him here in the maybe optimizer because I excluded. Maybe I had him at fourteen percent. Um, but either uh, way, I, I, I guess. Know. I guess we had him at fourteen percent too. So I. I, I had him I as one of the cheaper. Back. I had him as one of the cheaper running backs with with like a decent percentage of rushing attempt share with a high floor that I thought he was going to see from passing work. And he was popping in into like optimal lineups and his touchdown percentage was like, or probability was like 0.2. And so it was one of those of like, basically even without a touchdown, he was still a decent play. And then I said, if he gets anywhere near a touchdown, it's, it's just money on top. Like he's already going to have double digit points from just his passing workload and then his 15 to his 10 to 15 rushes, rushing attempts. So it was one of those at $4,500. I just thought he was a decent value and it was dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. It was not, you don't play people who project well on a team that is tanking and you just, yeah, it was dumb. Well, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people played Preston Williams. Well, I think a wide receiver on a tanking team is different. Than it's a little different, yeah. yeah. Well, it's different if there's very little risk of them, like, losing playing time. And there's not been one game this year where Preston Williams started and then was, like, benched during it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess with Walton, it was just, like, with Drake being gone, with it was just him and Ballage. For some reason, they don't like Ballage at all. Like, I don't know. Or Ballage, whatever his name is. Balage, Kalen Balage. I I don't need to know scrub. accent in there, baby. I don't Balazs. need to know scrub running backs, but like, but oh, but but Kalen Balage is a scrub. But Mark Walton, Mark Walton is clearly in the exclusive range of uh, you know just prestigious running backs who are definitely cash viable. It was bad. what was what was Mark Walton owned in your games, Nate? Uh, <laughs> eight per seven percent. <laughs> You yeah. went you went full ADHD with the play, just like <laughs> <laughs> just jamming in a dude you liked. 
Oh, Nate. Oh, that's, that's just wild. All right. Now, now you and I got to eat it, Sammy. Oh, no. I wasn't, I'm pretty I wasn't sure. Prepared for this. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's like a decent chance Mark Walton outscored Nick Chubb. I mean, he did, but it was he close enough. Chubb, but I mean, salary wise, he did. Yeah. I, I, so I mean, I, I, I'll let like you lit- literally, dude. Never again. Never. You guys paid seven point three for a running back on the Browns who doesn't catch passes. I mean, we paid seven point three for Kalen Balage. I mean. All right. In fairness, Chubb had six, uh, 20 rushes and five targets. Yeah, this is like, by the way, this sounds exactly like me being like, Chris Carson had 89% of the snap share. It was the most snaps he's ever had. He had 21 carries and seven. Ch- like, some of these dudes just blow ass. And Nick Chubb in this situation right now <laughs> was just – you know what, though? He only he only lost to uh, to what's his, his name – cook by two i mean i guess that's true but here's the thing like i was convinced all week that nick chubb was the stones like from the very beginning of the week i was like oh bell cow you know good matchup you know dvoa (laughs) blah 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 blah. i just i mean honestly like i just thought he was gonna smash i thought cleveland uh playing against brandon allen um was just gonna absolutely torch dude brandon brandon allen was just like i am i am playing with y'all Ready to no. slam dunk on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, like Brandon Allen's like, I'm way better than Baker Mayfield, actually. Um, and it, the truth is that the Browns are just insanely bad. And we need to get it out of our heads. I need to get it out of my head. That yeah, they get it out of our heads that they're any good at all. It was just it, – this was just wild. I mean, there were so many better plays. Like, Josh Jacobs was $800 less. I like Jacobs, but I just had to have Chubb. I was convinced he was going to smash this week, and – he just did a did a Browns thing, and I'm a fish for for doing this. Like I, I thought he was a. Here, here's the thing, though. We like legit ran hot to get double digits because he has not been that involved as a wide receiver. But Baker he never was so his passes. Yeah, He's Baker was so less than three targets a game. I mean, I yeah, Baker was so that. bad because Cleveland was going to smash so hard. He was just going to get like. Yeah, he was just going to get two touchdowns, Nate. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, you don't understand. You don't even understand Browns football. What was going to happen is they were just going to come in there. They were going to be well coached. They were going to not do any stupid penalties. They were going to completely understand the game plan. And they weren't, you know, they weren't going to be certainly Cortland Sutton was not going to put an all time moss on their first round cornerback and absolutely dunk him into oblivion. And I mean, <laughs> it's just. It's embarrassing, dude. Fr- Kitchen's got to go. He's got to be fired. You can't. You cannot. You can't lose this game. This Nate, is Nate. I had a. I had Chubb's touchdown projection at one point two, and so I thought when he got two touchdowns that he'd be overperforming that, and he just right had upside on the one point. Literally, like Chubb to me is is like the same guy as just like a higher priced Marlon Mack type guy. I mean, he just doesn't catch passes. So I wish lucky. I wish that I could get mad at you about that, but the the only the only reason why he was that high for me, like why he was that high in our stuff, was because we had uh, like such a good touchdown projection for him. Like if I if I was to like mess up his touchdown projection right now, he would be Marlon Mack. Man, he's, uh, he's seven. If you check his game logs, man. They're really impressive. Nick yeah, Chubb's game logs. Le- 
He's averaging three less than three targets over the past Here, three weeks. Nate, what you don't understand about Nick Chubb football, though, is that uh, – dude, didn't you see how well he crushed against the Patriots? So, I have the best defense in the NFL. He had eight targets over the past three weeks, and he was 7-3. Dude, he's he literally five. like – he's like worse than Devonta Freeman. He got five targets, you know? That was like the best game he's had targets. But, but, dude, Nate, he had like 350 rushing yards and two touchdowns the last two weeks. Yeah, Nate. He's like Emmett Smith, really. That's who I would compare him to. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I don't know what my what my glitch is. Like, I never ever considered <laughs> not playing Nick Chubb. And so, who that... was the third running back? Who was the? If it wasn't like, because I think we see clearly... that's the thing. It was it was, was probably who is no it? Nate. What is wrong with you, dude? What did he say? He just said Adrian Peterson. At 4-2, he was getting the same amount of workload as Nick Chubb. Oh, Jones. my God. I don't even want to do a podcast with you anymore. What is it with you and these running backs, dude? Nate is so far outside the box. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Nate is just galaxy-braining all over this podcast. Like, <laughs> I just I can't believe it. Who? Oh, Adrian Peterson? No, it, the third running back was Le'Veon Bell. If If – we wanted to do that, I think. Yeah, that, I like, like a lot of. I like Le'Veon a lot, and I liked uh, Jacobs a lot. I actually thought Le'Veon was like the same play as Chubb. He Le'Veon Bell had like two targets the last two weeks. It's just that he's more of a receiving back. He has more. Le'Veon Bell's had more targets than that. Chubb the last has those two weeks. big plays, bro. You know, I thought he'd just break one off. I don't know. You might as well just play Adrian Peterson at 4-2 if you're going to play guys like Chubb. Well, I mean, that is inaccurate. It seems pretty accurate, honestly. It's not because he was a nine-point road underdog. You know what? I'm I'm taking the L. I'm taking the L. I'm taking the L, too. But Nate going galaxy brain and trying to, like, somehow equate Nick Chubb to the time that you played Adrian Peterson is unacceptable. I mean, that was just the all-time all fish move okay so i mean and then it, i guess we all agree like christian mccaffrey and jalen samuels were just like you you didn't even consider not yeah, like jalen was 83.5 percent owned i think but, i played jalen in 100 percent tournaments too just because i knew yeah i locked him and i think yeah, he was in he course. was even though he had a bad game he was still in the winning lineups just because you needed that salary saver yeah, yeah he put a, he put up 20 points He's a wide receiver. I mean, he just gets so many of these dump downs. He's going to – anytime he plays a full game, he's going to see eight targets. It's not, I wish he that – He caught 13 balls, bro. It's insane. I wish that uh, – I wish that uh, James Conner would get targeted like that for my season-long teams. You know what I wish? That I didn't play Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. Okay, we got we to gotta do this. All right, yes. it's, time, it's time for all three of us to admit – we all know Mike Evans was a better play. We all know Mike Evans is a better player. We all know Mike Evans has a higher ceiling. And the only reason that all of us played Godwin was because Mike Evans had a big game last week and we thought that it was Godwin's turn this week. And I need everyone, even Nate, to admit it because Nate can oh. shake his head and say that he doesn't think that. But there's not one data-based reason to play Godwin over Evans. Not one. I disagree 100%. The reason I played Evans over I, I agree 100%. The reason I played Godwin over Evans is because Godwin had a higher floor because Godwin's targets He doesn't. Average, 
He does though, because his A dot is not as high as Evans, which leads towards a higher volatility projection for Evans because Evans is going to have a lower catch rate based on his A dot. So Chris Godwin, when you look at his range of outcomes, had a higher floor than Evans, where Evans has a massive ceiling. Um, and I just fished it because Dude, I didn't. Nate, I literally, I literally don't buy this at all. Mike Evans, uh, Mike Evans you know, is. Do you have base narratives? I have no. No, 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 no. Davis, this is this is legitimate. So. Uh, and what you're saying is also legitimate. So I kind of felt the same thing. I, I reasoned that I think that the A dots were what, 11.4 versus 13, Nate, coming into this game? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that I wanted the, the, the lower A dot player because of, yeah, less volatility, blah, 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 blah. But that was honestly just justification for playing the guy who didn't go off last week because they seemed to alternate and, uh, at the end, I think if I look deep down into my core, that's why I did it, and I really regret doing it. I have, I have, when I make a bad play, I'm I'll like so tempted play. to Mine just fucking nothing to do with mute Nate's feed right now. Like I really just want to mute him and just like let him sit there and explain like all these reasons. When I know that if he was just if he like was on uh, Truth Serum right now, he would be like, "Yeah, no. I just did it because I knew." Davis, I play numbers. <laughs> Nate. Numbers. Adrian Peterson, Mark Walton. <laughs> I play numbers. I jam in Mark Walton when he's projected good. Hey, hey, Nate. You know what I haven't been able to say to you for a long time? It's art, bro. When you're creating a cash lineup, it's it's really an art. There's really some subjective nuance that you have to apply to it. And I think maybe you forgot that this week. Davis wins one game still. Still down ninety five percent ROI on the year. String two weeks uh, of winning lineups together, Davis. I've I've really missed Please. this. I've really missed when Davis has a good week and then can <laughs> dunk on Nate. <laughs> Nate's so here's the thing. Pound, pound that Red Bull, Nate. <laughs> here's the thing. Mike Evans is just straight up better than Chris Godwin. I, I just there's just literally like. Mike Evans is going to finish this season that we are in right now as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. Uh, and even though, even though he took a straight zero in a game. He, he, oh, that's amazing. He Against New Orleans in a game where his team scored 24 points, he had three targets, zero receptions. And don't forget the, uh, the horrible game against San Francisco, two for uh, 28 when he had a, like a horrible flu. And, uh, there were your favorite fantasy football writer was definitely like writing about how Mike Evans was washed in like uh, in like week three. But the thing about Mike Evans is is he's going to be able to do that. He's going to be like Fitzgerald. He's going to be able to do this till he's like thirty six because he doesn't even run. Like he just jumps, and you can you can jump until you're thirty five. Uh, tell that to Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Fat Fatjamin. Yeah. That's actually that's actually a good transition because uh, Curtis Samuel. Mike Evans. Is, is just nuts. I mean, he literally has a 27% target share with a 15 A dot. Nobody who's above a 25% target share has even like an above 12 A dot. And he's above. Jameis, do, Jameis doesn't care, bro. Jameis, like, Jameis just looks for that 13 and he just tries to get it in the general vicinity. Did you, okay, were you guys watching the afternoon games? I didn't see any games. I was traveling. Okay. So, Nate, you didn't see, did you see Brashad Perryman's touchdown? Yes. Yeah, I was watching Sammy. the whole game, sweating it. 
literally it was a Mike Evans target that a Seattle defender almost intercepted and the ball just went straight up in the air and like Perryman like heads up play just like grabs it out of the air and like lands in the end zone it was it was a great play but it was like the most Jameis Winston play ever like horrible horrible throw every quarterback at every level is told not to make that throw and he gets rewarded by a touchdown it was great stuff uh okay. I mean so, I should have played we should have played Paraman over over Chris Godwin. God I mean Godwin got thirteen point nine. So like that's a pretty good floor game. Right? Like that's why you play the guy with the lower A dot, because like this game that we're all tilted by, he got fourteen. Yeah, I guess the reason I was tilted is because I was watching it and I watched Mike Evans dunk on my face continually through three hours. I mean that's the thing. you just have to like Mike Evans is known to do like I I won today and I actually feel quite stupid because like there's not really a bigger Mike Evans backer than me and I let myself be this sick fish who played I don't know whatever. Okay, let me let me ask let me ask this question. Another psychological question. You were talking about Evans was the guy who went off last week. You you try to go to the other guy this week. Um the fact that Godwin was a hundred dollars more than Evans, if you have the extra hundred dollars do you feel psychologically compelled to spend it? No, because no. I had I had decided that I liked Godwin more. Like I decided that I was playing Godwin, so it didn't really matter. And it like with the rest of my lineup, the hundred dollars wouldn't have mattered for. Well, I actually guess it would have mattered if I would have wanted to play Curtis Samuel. But I I just so I just this approach is DFS differently than you guys like building hand lineups, looking at how much dollars you have left. It just seems like a mentally weak, psychologically biased way to play. My man, my man who played, my man who played Mark Walton is telling us that we're being psychologically weak. <laughs> Nate, I get trolled by 30,000 people every week on Twitter. And you're going to tell me that I'm mentally weak, bro. Get out of here. <laughs> Chris Godwin because you think Evans and Godwin swap weeks. Obviously, that's not actually true. I just like I knew that I knew that Evans was the play, but I knew that a lot of other like a lot of the other guys that I talked to about lineups were playing Godwin. So I just kind of I didn't have a good argument. Like I did, I really still after talking through this, I think that they are incredibly similar plays. And have a very similar range of outcomes. They're not. They th- their roles on the team are totally different. Evans is on the outside and just runs deep every time. Godwin works on the inside and gets these much higher well, catch rate targets. I mean, you know, from watching the game today, you should know then that Perryman actually played that position today because they didn't have a tight end. They they so. By the way, if you played Cameron Bray today, little nice little bundle of tilt for you there. Uh, I think he just what like I don't think I saw him once. Like I think he was active, but I don't think he played. Yeah, he 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 put a damper on some of my Jameis Evans stacks. Yeah, so I think I think they just ran a lot of eleven personnel, which was why there was more Perryman. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so the other two the other two wide receivers that I played, DJ Moore, who I so I guess we said at the beginning of the show I didn't I thought there were only two locks for me there was three locks I was never ever ever not playing forty eight hundred dollar DJ Moore, and then the other wide receiver I played and we should actually talk about this in like a non confrontational way 
But basically, I just was not going to play Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in the same lineup without playing Kyle Allen. I just think that's like, yes, from a median projectile perspective, I think it's good. I think it's one of those things that's egregiously bad when you're considering how the the projections complement each other. Like in a vacuum, it's fine. In the same lineup, when you're trying to focus on a 50th percentile projection, I think it's really bad. Uh Sammy, what were your thoughts on playing Moore and Samuel together? Uh, I didn't like it for, I think, the same reasons that you were talking about. And uh, one, of the, one of the things about the Well, Samuel's I mean, not an alpha, bro. No, he's not so. an alpha. I ended up playing, but <laughs> I, I did consider DJ Moore close to a lock. I thought he was a fantastic play, uh, and I sacrificed him to get in to get up to Allen Robinson yet again because I had to make two sacrifices. I had to go down from Carr to Moore. And I also needed some more money, so I went down from uh, DJ Moore to Curtis Samuel. Also, I could jam in Allen Robinson, and that was just a spectacular fail. Complete spectacular fail. Let me just tell you guys, if you're ever hungover 10 minutes before lock, uh, don't do a a three-for-three, three-versus-three swap uh, under any circumstances. I would have had an amazing day if I hadn't done that, uh, and instead I just had like a whatever okay day. So I, awful. I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a rant here. I, I think you guys are idiots for the way that you view Curtis Samuel. Literally, here are the top four wide receivers in air yards this year. Mike, Nate's literally on mute, and he doesn't know it right now. I Kenny literally Gallagher, just muted him because I don't. Jones, Curtis Samuel. <laughs> He's fourth in air yards on the year, and he was $4,300, and he runs a four-three. Like, what is wrong with you to think that he is not an alpha? What's funny is that – so Nate just makes this whole argument as to why Godwin was the better play than Evans based on average depth of target, based on target conversion ratio, and then literally gets to Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and just completely flip-flops. And he's like, one of them has way more air yards, blah, 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 when, like, DJ Moore just gets 10, like, slant targets a game that, like, even Julian Edelman can convert. It's, like, like the easiest money ever, the routes no, that DJ Moore runs. I, I played DJ Moore. I'm saying you didn't think Curtis Samuel... Yeah, Moore was a better play because he's better. No. Curtis Samuel at 4.3, fading those... He was – if he played for a different team or if their team total was like 30 or something and it was fine to play four players from their team, I would have just played Kyle Allen and done that. But you – like, it's just a mess from a correlation standpoint to be doing that all in the same lineup. Especially when you also have CMC. Like, how many touchdowns? Yeah, if, okay, so I guess I should, I should restate. If it had just been those two and I didn't have CMC, fine. But you're getting yourself into, like, an extremely thin spot where, like, if that game turns into a punt fest or the defense gets, like, if, if the Panthers had – so that interception return for a touchdown, or that inter- – I guess it wasn't returned for a touchdown. If their interception had been returned from a touchdown, they lose a whole possession. Samuel loses two points on that drive. Moore loses the bonus, and CMC loses a touchdown. So you're talking about the loss of one possession me being a loss of, like, I guess it's, it's like 15 point, like, no, more than that. It's like 22 points to your net lineup. But what do you think about Davis's math, Nate? I mean, there's a, there's a finite number of possessions you can get, and you limit the amount of potential possessions on your roster if you're just jamming dudes in from the same team and not using the quarterback. I don't disagree with, with your overall 
Um, I am right that the correlation is a nightmare. Where you disagree with me is me thinking that more should be projected for more points than Samuel. Yes, and I also think to look at us like to look at Godwin and Evans when we're talking like seven K versus four point three. Uh, I think it is it's much wiser to take a four point three guy who's a high A dot. Uh, higher upside than it is to take a 7.3 guy because if a 7.3 guy hits his floor you are screwed from your lineup if a 4.3 guy hits his floor you're not screwed where a 4.3 guy who hits his ceiling more is just like so clearly the better player for DraftKings scoring I just like I can't even argue with you about it anymore you're just you literally have he gets more targets he gets easier targets and he's just run horrifically bad on touchdowns more, more was the better play. I don't. More, think, it's just, but, it's Nate. It's like they're both fine, but just objectively, more was better. Yeah, and Nate, well, I, I, I both, don't think so. I don't think Samuel's a bad play. I I, I played it. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I thought both. he was a good play. I played him. Both. I I, just I think almost four point three to fade to fade Samuel seems like a mistake, and it could have been much worse for you. I mean, I, well, it, I would have been fine regardless. My team was oh good. My <laughs> Davis has one good week and it's so we can we can talk about we can talk about the bat like this is the one play that I'm actually like this is just objectively not very good yeah my Waller play no no (laughs) no 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 we'll we'll get there I played I played super cool Cole Beasley at four thousand one hundred dollars and my the 2v2 I had I'm very glad that I made the decision my decision was Jarvis Landry in the Washington defense, which I thought was fine, versus Cole Beasley in the Steelers defense. I kind of thought the Steelers defense was a priority because I just thought they were, I don't know, $600 underpriced. And Beasley, whatever. Like, he was, he's a fine play. He's like, and I, what actually swung it for me was that Duke Williams wasn't active, who is just a guy who has stolen some of uh, the slot snaps for Beasley like he's just like left the field for Duke Williams a couple times over the last two weeks and so it's like uh, you know if that if that slants two extra targets one extra target whatever to Beasley that's fine and uh Beasley scored a touchdown on the Bills first drive of the game and, and I think you knew tar- you knew immediately yeah I was like it's gonna, gonna go be a well. good day and then he got <laughs> he, he got a- two targets the rest of the game two, he got two targets the entire game Oh, he didn't even get two more? No, he had two targets the entire game, 13 yards. <laughs> Buddy, when you're hot, you're hot. You know, it's just an art, you know. It's, it's just it's an, an art. art. I mean, here's the thing. Cole Beasley is not as bad of a play as you guys think he is, and he was not as good of a play as I thought he was. He has had some very high-targeted games this year. It just was not likely to happen in this game where they were nine-point favorites. It's wild that you played Cole Beasley. Like, there is somebody out there right now, Davis, saying, God, this guy beat me, and he had Cole Beasley in his lineup. <laughs> There's someone right now looking at this and tilting. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I here's the thing. I, Curtis Samuel clearly was the better play, right? No, I, I'm absolutely not arguing in any way Why don't you just that... play Preston Williams, bro? Yeah, Preston, too. Yeah, I was Preston. never going to do that. But I would have played, played Curtis or Preston over. Dude, if I had had my wits about me this morning, uh, and and well, you know, in a pool of sweat and tequila, I would have played Preston instead of Curtis. You know, Samuel. you know who I said when the news first came out that we should play was Pascal. Yeah, who smashed. True. true. Yeah. Pascal was good. 
There were, yeah. if you actually, so if you look at these $4,100 wide receivers, this is crazy. Renfro had a good game. Pascal had a good game. Uh, Olabisi Johnson scored a touchdown. Uh, Taylor Gabriel led the Bears in receptions. Like, there were like a bunch of dudes you could have played right there. And I picked one of the worst ones. Objectively, the worst one. I mean, what, how, what, what do you have his target share at? Um, I don't have to pull it up. I wouldn't even know. I, yeah, I mean, so so one one me. stat I found out about Preston Williams when I was looking into things this week, he is second behind Mike Williams in uh in target share in the red zone. And it's just yeah. like they they go to this guy. He is. I mean, it's tough to say because they give Devonte Parker a number of looks too. But Preston Williams is kind of becoming the alpha on that team. Oh, oh yes. so he he fits in. He fits in with your theory. That's right. Alpha Preston play. Williams was a good play. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Preston Williams was a bad play. I was saying Cole Beasley was a bad play. Oh, and, and he was, yeah. Uh, I had, I had uh, Cole Beasley projected for 22% target share, Davis, for what that's worth. At, at, yeah. like, a, at like a 1.3 yard A dot? <laughs> it was 8, <laughs> eight A dot compared to Preston Williams with a 21% target share. So how many DraftKings points did you have him for? Uh, Lower six point nine, uh, fit was twelve, and then my upper was like nineteen. He has no ceiling. Yeah, no, we had we had him for twelve too, which made him one of the looks like sixteen positive value wide receivers of the week. It just was not a high scoring week. The team totals were all really low. I don't know. There were so many guys in the four K range that I thought were good plays. Like I thought. Well, Landry, no, there were. I'm not like Cole Beasley. Clearly, was not like the guy who I actually wanted to play was Mike Williams. Yeah, Landry, Samuel Williams, Moore, yeah, Preston Williams. I, I liked. I liked all of. I liked all of them more. But I. I thought playing the Steelers defense was pretty important. Yeah, that was. I, I, did I didn't too. even think of this. I, I wasn't anywhere near the Steelers D. You're. So, you're wild. You guys, you guys, you guys were sharper than I was. I played, uh, I played the Vikings D. What? That was yeah. so freaking stupid. The Minnesota Vikings <laughs> defense? I just like I don't. I, Nate, I, Nate, I played like four hundred teams this week. I don't think I played them once. Dude, I mean, I. <laughs> they were. <laughs> you played Walton in the Minnesota defense. And there wait, wait, wait. Going is in full effect. They were no, no, Evan. They were 2.7. The Panthers were 2.8, and they were the nut defense. Yeah. The Panthers are like, when they're under 3K, they're like the, like the best value defense. Brian Tannehill. Did you have the extra 100, Nate, to go to Carolina? No. I didn't need the extra 100, bro. No, I did I would have I mean, I gone to Carolina. It was but I would have I mean I could have played the Steelers. Dude. Hey, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't build his lineups by hand because he's psychologically weak or he's not psychologically weak. So the Vikings defense was just in there. Just it, a psychologically you know? strong move to, to jam in the Vikings defense. That's a very high T move to just be like, "You know what I'm doing? I'm playing the Vikings defense on the road against Andy Reid and I'm just going to live with the consequences." Seven. I just Yeah. Eight. I'm not I, defense doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not. No, gonna, I'm not going to. Defense about doesn't matter except for when I play the Bills against the Patriots. Then all of a sudden, it's a federal offense to just play a random defense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to 
would whip myself over. <laughs> the Vikings were fine at 270. No, they weren't. They were actually, like, most weeks I would agree with you that it's fine, but there were better options, and I think you just got lazy. How did you, I, I'm, like, I don't know how I would have landed on the, talk to me about the Steelers D, because I missed it. So cheaper. I could have gone with them. They're really good. That's really? I think the, the biggest the biggest thing right there is like they just they're good in adjusted sack rate. They're good in pressures, quarterback hits, the secondary is all really good. And Jacoby Brissett is really good when the Colts are leading games, but he's been bad when they've been trailing in games. And uh the line moved after T. Y. Hilton was out. They they yeah. were they were a dog. So it just were they popping seemed... in project, projection out? I didn't see them all week. Like I mean, I'll I'll just say the Steelers. I think since they got Minka Fitzpatrick, their 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 sacks have gone eight five one four five. I mean, they're just like crushing people. Like, yeah, they are. Dude, they, um, have, they have first round picks, like number one picks at like all levels of the defense. They're super strong. They yeah, they blitz a lot. They they pressure the quarterback a lot. They're a really good defense. They can like yeah. maybe make the playoffs in the AFC now. So Sammy's just like getting ready. He's like, we've got Mason, we got Mason Rudolph, we got the ground game, we got Jalen Samuels, we got the defense, we're ready to go. Going into Foxborough with Duck Hodges, I'm ready. <laughs> I'd rather have Duck Davis. Hodges. What did DR have defense? Like the defensive values, because I, I, I uh, the Steelers were the fifth defensive value, but they were projected for more raw points than two of the defenses projected ahead of them. Though I will, Nate, I will give it to you. The Minnesota Vikings were projected for more points. So, the Sammy, you, you, had... you muted what? yourself for a second. Oh, am I back? Yeah, you're back. It, the last the last time that the Pittsburgh Steelers had less than ten DraftKings points was week two. Yeah, they they really have been crushing. I, yeah, I missed it. I was looking at the Redskins going way down or going up to. So we actually probably should talk about the Reds. How many points did they end up getting? I don't know. Let me look. I I actually thought I can, playing them. I considered them. So even though like not being results oriented and being like, oh, I beat my two. I beat my dumb fish who played Danny Amendola and uh, Keenan Allen in cash against me. Um, <laughs> Wait, Danny. <laughs> okay, hold on. I just I'm just gonna <laughs> give guy, I'm gonna this give this guy put a thousand dollars on the line and did that. Okay, so this is this was the one K lineup. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, by the way, Nate, he still didn't play Mark Walton. Yeah. Uh, so this guy scored 136 points. He played Ryan Fitzpatrick, Le'Veon Bell, Dalvin Cook, Keenan Allen, Danny Amendola, Chris Godwin, Jack Doyle, Jalen Samuels, and the Steelers defense. And he was 18 points down, and he knew he was going against uh, – I mean, he knew he was going against one of Stafford, uh, Winston, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr – and he elected to to keep Chris Godwin in instead of swapping. Like he had wide receiver slots open, and he could have swapped. And he was just like, you know what? I'm I'm dominated, but I'm just going to keep Chris Godwin in, even though that's very clearly who he, I had one wide receiver slot open, and I had whatever whatever quarterback plus Chubb plus Godwin is so like a lot of cap. So clearly, I had one of those guys, and he just stood pat. God bless America. 
<laughs> it's a great place to be. So, so what happens this week? Does he offer you another game, or do you go back and offer him another game? My guess is is that he is going to offer a game. I, if I beat him again, I think he'll probably tap. Yeah. Seems like seems like, and he played me in Showdown tonight too, and he played Ryan Izzo. So he lost by twenty. Sharp, just sharp. Ugh, tough scenes. Okay, so Nate, Darren Waller. Yep. What what happened, buddy? Well, I thought we got you off the Waller, and you just we we took our eye off you for a second, and you went back for it like a little crack fiend. To, to that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. You got any more of that spark score tight end? You got, you got some more. You got some more Whopper, bro. I need some Whopper right now. <laughs> I need some Whopper right now. <laughs> I just, I high scoring game. I mean, high scoring game, always a good. Oakland, I love when the logic starts there. Oakland, Detroit. I thought it was going to be a shootout. I he had the highest volume I projected you, on. Oakland. Hey, you were I right. It was, was a shootout. I thought he was going to be a volume monster and just. Yeah, I mean, he put up massive games in 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 games where Oakland was like never going to score any points, and so I, I mean, a, a tight end with a twenty five percent target share with his air yards and things like that, I was like, man, it seems seems like a smash play. It wasn't what like six three this week. Yeah, is that right? I oh my, just like just paying just paying the tax, bro. Just like this guy, like this is like what like Travis Kelsey used to cost some weeks. Like George Kittle has been less expensive than this. Well, I mean, it must, to be fair, it, it must be painful to watch up. Foster Moreau continue to cut <laughs> that down. Oh, it is. Oh. When you watch Hunter Renfro and Foster Moreau running around catching touch, it's. It's so, hold, can we actually should we give like some real football talk right now? Would that actually would the do you think the people would like this if we like went Probably. from like an organizational level to explain what's going on with the Raiders? Probably not. Well, I'm gonna try. So <laughs> they're they're actually good, and I don't mean good in the sense of like able to win games, though that is a byproduct of it. John Gruden hired a lot of really smart people that all believe in the same offensive philosophy as him. And they have all the players, like, ready to go. So they just can throw in dudes like Foster Moreau and Hunter Renfro and Keelan Doss and what the guy from the Packers, uh, Trevor Davis. Like, because the West Coast offense is, like, a pretty simple offense to understand. Uh, Every wide receiver only needs to know, like, five routes. And so it's just, like, I I don't think that any player in this offense was ever going to sustainably have a target share that high. Like, I I just think that was a system that's, like – so, like – this is Sammy. You'll actually appreciate this analogy. She only like how when every when a new advanced stat happens in baseball, like exit velocity, everyone treats that as the true skill level. But then, like when you think about it, you're like, well, why wouldn't exit yeah. velocity regress like everything else regresses? So like someone can have a thirty percent target share, and then you can just like look at the situation and be like, actually, that's like too high, and that's not that's not going to continue. And I think that's where we're at with Waller. We're in like the target share regression. Uh, segment of his season. Uh, nothing you just said over the last minute and a half made any sense at any point. We're all dumber for having listened to it. No, that and was may, real. And and may God have mercy. May on God your have soul. mercy on my soul. <laughs> Davis, I don't know what you were just. It talking. makes sense in my head. <laughs> Put it this way. 
if Zay Jones and Foster Moreau continue to outscore or out target Darren Waller, I will be surprised. I think you are. I think two is probably we just saw Darren Waller's low for targets on the year. I think that's like a lock. Yeah, uh, two will two will be a low, but I I would definitely say that he is unlikely to continue to see double digit targets because of the way the offense works. Yeah, West Coast they can bring people in because they're they hired some analytics guys. I, I don't know. No, it doesn't. So the coaching staff they only is, run five routes, Nate. Darren the Waller's offensive coordinator. Play. And John, like John Gruden is a good coach and he realizes that just like load, like doing like what the Eagles do with Zach Ertz, like loading up one dude with like 15 targets a game is not optimal for their offense right now. God, how good of a play with Zach Ertz? Yeah. Which is what, which is, I think we all start, well, at least I did. That was like, who was in my placeholder all week until the Doyle stuff. Yeah. Ertz was a fantastic play. Nate, walk me through not just taking the stone-cold layup that was Jack Doyle. I don't think Doyle was a stone-cold layup. His floor was like two. I, well, he, he, he was a layup. Where, no. It could have easily been a game where, uh, where Ebron scores that touchdown. Like, you literally got the thing that Doyle wasn't supposed to get, which is the touchdown. Like, Doyle was supposed to be a play because of the high target floor – but not get the touchdown. Instead, he got the touchdown. Like you ran lucky with Doyle. I mean, I'm not even saying I'm not even saying anything about the results. I'm just saying from like a projection perspective, he was uh, just the easiest play. I thought. You, you know who I was gonna play before Hilton got ruled out, and I played Doyle. I was gonna play Noah Fant. I was big yeah. on Fant this week. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Walked in the 75 yard touchdown. Yep. Yep. That that one hurt. Davis, I, I, had him, I had him in some GPPs still, so it like worked out well. But I wish I, I wish I'd stayed with him, being like kind of result oriented here. If your mean target projection for a guy is like around five, um, with with which is what like I had for Jack Doyle, their floor could be legitimately zero. Like with a five, uh, I played Cameron Brait last week. I know about tight end floors. <laughs> so that's where it's like with Darren Waller, like his mean target projection, his floor is so much higher than every other tight end. I don't even disagree, but his, his price is now a lot higher than all these other tight ends. Like yeah, I, dude. I, dude, Hunter Henry was, Nate, it was, it was, it was not good. If you six, were going to not play Doyle, you should have played Ertz. Yeah. 6.3 is a, is a rough. It, that was not end. good. Yeah. yeah. I just, don't don't get in me about like fading Doyle being a slam dunk. Doyle is. Doyle I didn't say is, a slam dunk because Doyle is I never explosive. I said I said dunk. a layup, which is very different. Right. It's just one of these things, Nate, where it's like you are paying down at multiple positions. You're playing Mark Walton, etc. So you can jam in J- uh, uh, Darren Waller like he's gonna break the slate open for you. Like he would have had to have gotten like. I don't. I always say like egregious numbers when I say this, but he would have had to have gotten like a lot of points to like to make up for the other sacrifices he made. Almost like his season average of like fifteen. I mean, I just like I, I just said that I think his target share is likely to regress from the point that it is at now. That's fair, but to expect regression to come in the highest total, like that, the best game environment he's been I don't, in. I don't, I do not disagree with you anything about the game environment, but I like all, all the same argument could be made for Hunter Henry, 
who is like slightly cheaper and has been like a stone cold target monster since getting back. Another Sandy uh, and another Chargers tight end catch a touchdown, and you're like, "Oh no, he just cucked Hunter Henry." That never happens. Yeah, there's no there's no Foster Moreau on the Chargers because he's on the injured reserve. Like every Charger is just injured. Yeah, Waller um, killed me. Waller killed me. I still had a profitable week, but Waller hurt. Yeah. <clears throat> Tough scene, buddy. Tilted, and I was really tilted to see Jack Doyle. Like all all those people luck box in that touchdown. I mean, all the, all the luck. If you luck box the Jack Doyle touchdown, make sure to at Mate on Twitter and tell him why <laughs> why Jack Doyle was such a layup. The dude had four targets and got the touchdown. I mean, ugh. but I mean, I mean like that's, that's, that's just... like twice as many as Waller by my math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna talk about the res- I if we're gonna talk about the results, I, I believe he out targeted uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Darren Whopper, if you will. <laughs> Darren Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm tilted right now <laughs> The reason I'm tilted right now is because I'm gonna fade Waller next week and he's gonna have a He's getting he's getting forty. Yeah. I'm gonna throw something. Didn't you not play him against the Packers when he had thirty five or did you? No, I've 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 had a lot of Waller this year. No, that that was I think that was the week you, you played Andrews. It was. It? That was yeah. the week you played Andrews. I had Waller because Mark Andrews, by the way, it's nice to note he's unplayable now. So that's yeah. like it's good that it happened not on a main slate. I'm really Nate, glad about that. Nate, how many consecutive weeks has it been that you've played Darren Waller? Are we at like four or five now? Probably. I mean, he's literally like broken the target projection for tight ends every week. And what well, here's what I don't understand though. Like I don't I do not like Sammy, do you remember Nate jamming in Travis Kelsey last year? Because up until this point, Waller had not been priced for it. He was but he was in this slate, and I guarantee you whatever projection no. you had for Darren Waller this week, Travis Kelsey literally pooped on it last year any week. He was, he was far and away the best tight end every single week last year. Kelsey was way more expensive last year. Kelsey was and Kittle was – and Kittle, Kittle too. I played a lot of Kittle last year, and, and Kelsey was like 7,500 last year. All right, well, I'm going to pull this slate up right now. I'm going to see if there's salaries, and let's see how much Darren Waller costs. Oh yeah. Oh buddy, you are just you are running like God, not even on the slate. Thank the Lord. Oh, you know, here, here, you know what? We will literally we will literally get to test Nate's theory on if he actually believes this or if he just loves Darren Waller. Travis Kelsey is sixty four hundred at the Tennessee Titans. He's priced like Matt Moore is his quarterback. Matt Moore is not gonna be his quarterback next week. Mahomes is gonna be back. What are you gonna play him? Or are you gonna play Vance McDonald at thirty eight hundred or whatever it is that you do? I'll have to pull up the project. I don't know. Oh, he can't. He's got to play. He's because he's psychologically strong, so he can't even answer. I'm not that gonna without. make a decision on a podcast the week before I've even looked at anything. Yeah, I will tell you this. You know who I will not be playing? Mark Andrews at fifty two hundred. Not a chance. Ooh. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I will. I, I'm, I'm just excited to see what cheap tight end that I'm going to play. Who's 3K? Well, Doyle against Miami is 3,600. So if T.Y. Hilton is out, I'm, that's who I'm playing. Probably. Mm. Yeah, I'm good on that. I, I survived my Against Doyle Miami, stick. bro? The flow chart. If they're I, playing I, against Miami, they're a good play. 
Nah, I survived my Doyle experience. I'm one and done. Yeah. You get up and leave the table with all the chips, Davis. You don't. You don't. That's right. I think. I That's think right. my fish. I think my fish will play Gerald Everett 4500 against the Steelers. That's my prediction for what my fish will do. So, Gerald, guys. Gerald Everett did. He played Gerald Everett against me before. He got three points, and he still beat me. Love to see it. Uh, hey, great show. The best show, I think, actually. One of the best shows this year, I think. We, 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 got, to call, we got to call Nate Nemo Noling. I kind of had forgotten that we had that nickname for him. He played Mark Walton. He actually played a fish in cash, a Miami fish running back. You love to see it. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us here at the Gilcast. Uh, if you hate the shows where I – oh, I actually forgot to mention this. Thank you to all of you who sent me head-to-head invites. I kept account, So I can't accept the $1, 2 and $3 ones because I'm maxed out at those games. So if you ever send me a game, send it for five or more. And uh, all of you who donated to the cause with your terrible lineups, it was great. I counted. I accepted at least 25 of them from you, and I think only one of you beat me. That, that accepted me in a head dead. A couple I'm getting bonus points for creative names. One of them was Heads Up for Cans. I really like that. I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> so I'm much more I'm much more likely to play you if you if you have like a funny name in your head to head invite. If it's just like Maddox, you suck, you fish. I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to take oh my that God. game. This, this acceptance speech is just so <laughs> over the top. Davis so wins one week. And I'm literally, wins. guys, you guys, I'm trying to drum up more games. I wish that you would not interrupt me while I'm doing this. Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? If they listen to this free podcast, they're probably not that good at DFS. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here at the Gilcast. And, uh, folks, we'll see you back next week. Hopefully, for all of you out there, at least uh, one of us will be on uh, a losing tilt streak. 